This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good morning. It's Caroline Keep live. I am returning. I've got Mark Anderson, ITC Angelidist. You know what? I can never say it, but Mark Anderson's on today, so it should be an absolute corker. Um, so we're going to be having a good chat. Get in, give us a message. Hashtag me on Twitter, come ask some questions. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning. So, everybody hear me? Hopefully, I hope so. Uh, you can never hear yourself on these things, it always gets me. So, um, today, yeah, we've got Mark Anderson. Are you there, Mark? I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I'm here. Excellent. Then there you go. So, both of us are in. So, now we can relax because that's the hard part, doesn't it? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're going to be, be talking. I'm, I'm going to give you a quick intro if you've, if you've not, if you don't know Mark just in case you've been like in a hall somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Um, let's just give you a bit of an intro. Um, Mark is an award-winning author, consultant. He um, has a business focus on supporting schools with digital and teaching and learning alongside working with educational technology companies. He's worked with everybody really, like Microsoft, Apple, Adobe, um, he works as head of education at a large software company, NetSupport, which he also works at Global EdTech. He supports teachers with insights. Um, he's also wrote um, probably one of the most quite famous books, The Perfect ICT Lesson Every Time. And he wrote a second book called um, The Big Book of Independent Thinking he contributed to. Um, he does absolutely loads of um, keynote speaking and strategic work in classrooms. Um, but also he was a former classroom leader, uh, 20 years experience in the classroom. I mean, to be honest, it's like if you if you don't know if you don't know, I you know I always I always struggle to say this. ITC Angel Angel, my come on, Mark, help me out. <laughs> ICT evangelist. In the evangelist. Funny. It's a mouthful, Mark. It's a mouthful. <laughs> I never planned to call myself that, to be honest. Like when I signed up for blogging and sort of um, share on social media and stuff, Mark Anderson is is actually quite a popular name. Yeah. And so I, I just thought, you know, what do I want to talk about? What am I interested in? And I'm, mm. I was interested in teaching and learning with technology. So that's mm. ICT. And I wanted to share about it, which is the evangelist bit. So yeah, it just sort of happened, really. And I, um, it's there gonna, you go. My, my, um, yeah, my, my minor dyslexia always has it. But I, to be honest, Mark, you, you, you're so prominent that I've known, you know, Mark Anderson is, is, you know, exactly how I think of you. It's, it's synonymous. Um, and you, you, you're very, very active on Twitter. So everybody normally sees you on there. You're always giving useful tips and advice on there. So if you've not seen any of Mark's tips on, you know, how to use technology in the classroom or even, you know, how is Excel lessons a stellar or, you know, how to at least make just life a little easier than you really should. But um, 
you know, how did you, you know, you, you didn't, you just came on to kind of like, you know, share a bit, you know, do you feel like that's, you know, become this huge thing? Because it's, you know, it's, it's massive, your presence in that world. Is it, is it, did it ever take you by surprise that suddenly it was like, oh, just come on just to talk about this. And then suddenly this huge, you know, presence that you've got for, you know, EdTech blog of the year, award winner, you know, best selling books. I mean, it's, it's pretty huge, really, isn't it? It is. It is a bit bonkers. Um, but like, I, I, and it's, it's funny, like, there's a fair amount of teachers who want to leave the classroom these days. Mm. And people say to me, you know, how how can I do what you do? And, and the truth of the matter is, Kaz, I never sat down and thought, right, how can I get out the classroom? <laughs> all, I've ever, all I've ever wanted to do really is just help people and, and that's how I got into teaching in the first place you know mm. and yeah, so yeah. it was just a case of wanting to share stuff and I was inspired by people like Tim Rylands and Andy Hurt and Russell Prue that you all know yeah, um, yeah. God, decades ago about sharing and um, you know uh, there being far more as educators that unites us than divides us right so mm. I started doing that I wanted to share and you know, I, I was just involved in a few projects and doing a few things and people tell I tell myself, sure, I, I, I used to organise teach meets and, and um, sort of put myself out there and, and, and those sorts of things. And, and I, I didn't used to share like the, all the good stuff. I, I, I used to share the warts and all things as well, mm. really, which is actually often more helpful than the check this amazing lesson resource out. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. Because... It's one of the things I absolutely love about you. It's very much kind of like the warts and all, which is one of the things that we kind of connect over. It's quite interesting inspiration yeah. to me in the beginning because you can find a lot of the kind of you know the digital and the ed tech crowd it's you know oh this is absolutely wonderful you know all oh, this is really good but you know I, i'm quite the cynic as you know so it's like well does this actually work and does it improve learning or will it make my life any easier um that's exactly you know, it isn't it yeah because that's what i want i'm not not i don't really care if it's it's shiny and nice i want to know whether it works so you know it's um it was a, it was always a nice relief to find other you know more realistically critical people in that area because uh, we can be i think the the digital ed tech area type stuff they can be a, you know they can be a bit um you know probably because you do get a lot of criticism off that side you can be a bit kind of like oh it's all wonderful it's not all wonderful <laughs> it's not it's not but it's when it is great it's great do you know what i mean so i think it's it's striking a balance between the two itself isn't it really you know where you've not got too much you know being realistic about how it actually is to work in a classroom and try and use tech yeah, and no, absolutely. Carl Hendrick and Robin McPherson got the title right with their book, you know, what what it looks like, what it just looks like in the classroom. Because, mm. it, I, you know me, Kaz, because, like, you know, you're not going to be yeah. more of a geek, geeky person than me, but that that's great in my personal life and playing Pokemon Go or whatever, right? But in the classroom, you know, you haven't got time to be messing around. And so, you know, mm. it's, it's a case of unpicking, you know, what actually works. And, yeah. you know, you can do you can do like anything with technology, pretty much apart from time travel and, and um, transport technology I'm sure that'll come one day but um, just because you can do something with technology it, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that you should mm. and like when I'm, when I'm working with teachers you know if, if, if it and say confidence and competence are, are, are a big issue mm. around making sure things work in the classroom mm. and I would share with teachers look if, if this is going to take you longer to prepare for your class so that you can use technology mm. right then the lesson itself is going to take 
then you should really be having a bit of having a word with yourself. <laughs> really yeah, yeah. Not going to use it because yeah, and and sure, when you're first using things, it might take you a little bit longer. To be fair, right? But mm. if if the if the ends justify the means, like and, and it's those two sort of um, caveats that you mentioned, right? That is, yeah. Is it going to improve learning and standards, or is it going to make my life easier? And I share yeah. things like the impact effort prioritization matrix. So yeah. if, it, if it's gonna you know, if it's if it's low effort and high impact, then knock your socks off, right? If it's high effort and low impact, then don't bother. Mm. You know, it, it's it's gotta be quick, it's gotta be simple, it's gotta be easy, mm. and it's gotta be underpinned by all the infrastructure stuff that needs to work in your school just because you've been given an iPad or whatever <laughs> to use. If you haven't got the infrastructure, the the Wi Fi, the the that the apps loaded, all the rest of it, the, the safeguarding, the, the data protection impact assessments done, all the rest of it. If those things aren't in place, then you shouldn't be doing it anyway, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it is having that kind of broader infrastructure to sort of support the whole whole thing that makes it work well, I guess. I mean, although to be honest, you know, um, and we spoke we spoke briefly about this, you know, should we be thinking about this right now in digital or ed tech? And you know, I think both of me and you are on the same page and it's probably going to be because I'm I'm a big fan of EdTech when it works great. I'm a less fan of it when it doesn't work great. But right now, you know, what do you think should be our priorities? Well, I think you're right to bring it up. We were talking about it last night, weren't we? Yeah. Um, in our planning for the show this morning. And, you know, when particularly in our communities, when families are choosing whether to heat or eat, right? And they're dropping, you know, services like, uh, the, you know, streaming services like Netflix and, and um, Now and Disney and all the rest of it because yeah. of, of the, you know, the, 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 the crush on, on home finances, um, you know, should schools necessarily, be asking parents to be using you know online means for all sorts of things should we we should we expect a child to have a device at home mm. um should we expect them to be doing you know reading progress on teams from home or um doing teams assignments or working in google classroom or making vlogs or whatever when you know families are struggling massively it's interesting i was talking with somebody who works in social services and and in their experience a lot of uh, it's it's funny um if they find that a lot of families do have access to the technology it's more the actual ongoing costs of things like the data and and the the flip side of it is as well often those families that come from the most vulnerable backgrounds are those who need the most support around digital parenting and online safety and because children from vulnerable backgrounds are actually you know not just vulnerable for reasons around um you know um, poverty and all that sort of stuff but they're also more statistically likely to fall foul of uh you know some of the more nefarious, shall we say, sides of society. And uh, supporting families isn't necessarily always about making sure they get a, a free dongle or, or hope free connectivity. It's also providing parents the opportunity and the training to mm. safeguard their own children at home as well. There, there's big deficits left, right and centre, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, that is, and it's like, you know, should we really be including it? I mean, I wouldn't be encouraging, given, you know, the, the given given where we're at right now, you know, would it be encouraging the school to, you know, massively invest in huge tech? It'd have to have a really good justification for it, you know, and to be honest, when you, you're looking at those kind of, um, you know, accessibility issues, you're right, it's not 
just enough to just give up, you know, the dongles and you've got, you know, free data on there. Actually, it just, you know, it does need to be, you know, some of the safeguarding, some of the more supportive, you know, lessons that you've got with it, you know, because you're right, they are vulnerable, but they're not just vulnerable, you know, in school or, in, you know, they're vulnerable online. So, you know, you've got to kind of get that right and, you know, when we're looking around, schools are under the cosh. There's lots of noise everywhere. We're hearing a lot of, you know, you all have seen the debates over these last weeks. I was involved in a few, you know, um, what our education system is going to look like seems to be a bit up for grabs, doesn't it? It's a bit, you know, either the Tories or Labour or any other party all coming out with the policies and, you know, future education and what it should look like and should we have AI and should we do this and should we do that? You know, and I, I, you know, I said to you, what I'd like is free school meals for a start. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I don't yeah, really want get the that. the basics right. Yeah, and it is, isn't it? You know, when are, when are we going to get the basics right? You know, because we really haven't got the basics right. You know, and I, 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 I've got a few, um, got a few stats for you as we go, because this is me. You know, we're still we're looking at the moment at four point three million children in poverty from the Joseph Roundtree Foundation. Um, eight. 8.1 million adults, 22% of the population. You know, um, then EU is reporting that 30% are living in poverty in the classrooms, nine in each class are living in poverty. Um, you know, most, uh, one out of every 10 girls can't afford menstrual products. You know, 137,000 miss school because of periods. Uh, the Children's Society did a really great one over 2001, if you've not seen it, on the school uniform bill, um, along with um, uh, uh, Mike Anderson, the MP, to try and get schools to reassess their um, uniforms to make sure that they were cheap enough. And um, transport poverty is going to hit 1.5 million. So, you know, when we... When you've got kind of those kinds of numbers, you know, you, you know, what kinds of things do you think we can change to to make this easier? Because because I feel like winter's really going to bite them. I feel like we're not talking about the right sorts of things at the moment. No, absolutely. I'd say we all know there's no silver bullet in education, Kaz, right? No. So, um, but bringing it back on the, to the technology side of things, that there, there are many, many ways that schools can start to actually, you know, make things a bit more affordable and, and sort mm. of, you know, start to feel the pinch a bit less. Again, another thing we were talking about last night, <clears throat> you know, and some of these things will require some outlay um, up front, but thinking about, you know, smart smart devices within the school. So, you know, around power management, lights with sensors on you know, um, smart bulbs and, and um, smart rooms and using tools. <clears throat> One of our, our products at NetSupport and NetSupport DNA has power management features built into it, right? So yeah. uh, you, you can make sure that the devices are turned off overnight, you know, and it doesn't require a manpower to go around and do it. Um, yeah, those kind of smart device things. things, aren't they? They, um, yeah, you know, smart energy, smart light bulbs, they're going to reduce our, our energy bill. And that means, you know, uh, an extra TA if we're lucky, you know what I mean? Or an extra member of staff, so that, you know, or being able to, you know, support young people with a school uniform. So, you know, where we can save money in ed, I know that's really hard pushed, but you, you know, you, you those kind of, um, energy and building and heating savings might not be a bad thing to look at really you know right no, absolutely 
you can also look at other ways in which you can save money you know um i was talking with um a lot of schools i talk with um we spend time digging into the cost of things like reprographics you know mm. hundreds of thousands of pounds being spent on photocopying when you know we, as if, if you're a school you will already have some kind of digital ecosystem whereby mm. you can go paperless and i'm not advocating for children not writing in books and doing all these different things but you know working on whatever twinkle or whatever worksheet and sticking them in books yeah and, and how much money has been spent on print sticks and the time it takes for a teacher to stand at a, yeah a, are you there a, 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 lost you for a second uh, can you still hear me it seems like you can yeah hear. i can hear you you're pacing aren't ah. you you're a pacer yeah no, no. <laughs> no i've got you yeah. you're I'm, a pacer I'm, it's either I'm, I'm... <laughs> all right the... it's either me or you I've got my two cups of coffee going, so I'm I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm you're on fire. Do you know what? It's like, yeah, prick sticks. How much are we spending yeah. on prick sticks? You know, how much are we spending on paper? You know, you're right. These are things to kind of, you know, evaluate and go, well, is that money well spent? You know, should we? And, and on top of that, we talk about teacher workload, right? But how much time do teachers spend stood at a photocopier, just dawdling, waiting for the things to print out? And how much lesson time is being wasted sticking things in books as well? You know, yeah. if, if you look at the cost involved in that, it, 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 if it's half an hour a day printing resources ready for your classes, that's half an hour they could be, you know, having an extra half an hour in bed even, you yeah. know? <laughs> lots of things that can be, do, be being done i've been at schools where on. you know we've had you know a certain me members of staff where it's just their role to just do reprographics and it's like you know or um where you, you you know you have to send it in for ordering and kind of put it through reprographics and it just takes forever i mean i kind of like you know I'll, i i i quite like a kind of like a subject knowledge organizer you know if it's a really good one and if it's well for out and it's in a booklet but you know then you've got to kind of like I think, you know, think about the cost versus, you know, should we order books if we're printing, you know, full organised knowledge, you know, organisers, you know, which one can we ditch, you know what I mean, or which ones do we need? I think there's some hard questions, isn't there, for every school to be looking at, you know, is the reprographics cost worth it or should we put on, you know, a, you know, a breakfast club, you know what I mean, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, and have the funding to be able to, you know, make sure everybody eats in the morning. Absolutely, Cass, completely agree with you there. There's a big difference as well between what's possible in primary and secondary, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm a second I'm a secondary teacher by trade. And so, you know, like like you, you know, in my yeah. in my in my experience of working in the classroom and in school, we've always had someone who works in reprographics to do that stuff yeah. for us. But primary schools just don't have the capacity. You know, yeah. you, but think about my own son's school, the first school they went to, uh, where I live here in Somerset, they have a lot of schools have like a first, middle and upper school kind of scenario. Yeah. Where first school is uh, reception to year four you know and, and my son's school there were a hundred children and there were like six teachers total and that included all the slt and everybody so mm. there is no one to fall back on and they don't have, they don't enjoy the economies of scale to no. um, enjoy you know reductions on costs for different things and and they, they, they have to do everything themselves it's, it's so so tough Again, um, primary again, is a a tough area you know as far as i've i've gone into a few primary tough? schools it is incredibly tough it, you know even as a you know it, there is just no break and there is nobody you know so doing those kinds of things you look at it and you think how are you managing to do all of this but you know pat links just answered here had a shout out pat saying if only if we get the basics right we'll get anywhere i think he's kind of got a point you know but then again it's like what do we agree are the basics 
you know, I think kids have got to really get to school, you know, transport, you know, transport costs is a big one, you know, mm -hmm. is your school bus free, you know, is, <laughs> can you get on your school bus, you know, um, my daughter's at colleges, you know, and, you know, her college has just announced a whole free school buses back into to college. And actually when I worked out, it was quite a lot that that made a difference to, you know, and transport poverty is, is quite a big thing now, you know, are your school buses free? is probably a good start you know and also it saves if they are a lot of you know cars on the road the only thing i did notice is that in you know in making them free a lot of people are probably going to use them so make sure you get you know the right amount of buses but you know that's one thing um you know thinking it's about even, the transport back in two it's even capacity in our schools you know we're running out of of, of schools for the for the population yeah you know, so investment needs to be, and, and it's not just, you know, building new schools, it's also housing, affordable housing, infrastructure. Mm. Pat's comment is absolutely spot on, really, because, and this is something I share around digital strategy, um, although don't do this in Dubai like I did once, which is an adage of don't build your house on sandy land. So like I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. say that in it is sandy land. <laughs> it is literally <laughs> sandy land, right? But, um, um, yeah, it, it, it isn't just about getting your, your, your Wi-Fi and everything right. If you want things to succeed, then you need, like, as Pat says, to get the, the basics right. And shout out, Pat. Hi, uh, lovely to see you join us. Thank yeah. you. Um, hope you're well, buddy. Um, it's, um, it, it's, and it goes back to what you shared before, Kaz, I think, you know, free school meals, you know, making sure that, it, 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 I read that story in a Guardian back along, which is just heartbreaking. Kids taking empty lunch lunchboxes to school to yeah. pretend like they're eating lunch so they don't look, you know, silly yeah. in front of their friends. I mean, that, that is just absolutely heartbreaking to read. But I feel like we're going to probably see a lot of this. So, you know, we could probably use to think on, you know, uh, some of the basics, you know, can your kid get to school? You know, how can the, the, the you know, the most deprived in your communities get to school? How do they experience, you know, the school uniform? What's that cost? You know, like the Children's Society said in the uniform uh, bill review, the DfE have put out some guidance for that. You know, how do we make sure that they are, you know, getting breakfast? How do we make sure that they are, you know, eating, you know, lunch? Um, you know, Pat's put, a, you know, a bag and a pencil case starter, you know, exactly, you know, have they got a pencil case in a bag, you know, things like that, you know, how can we make sure that they are, you know, school ready and that can be sustainable for young people right now? Because, yeah, uh, you know, it might not massive. be, you know, it might not be, you know, you have the assumption that it is, but when we're talking about, you know, 4.3 million children in poverty and you can guarantee, you know, with mortgage costs and how things have been, that's going to get worse. So, you know, how do you um, emergency plan for those things now? Um, it depends how you prioritise your budget as well, though, Kaz. So, like, yeah. reflecting just on my own family situation for a second now, my own mm. children started secondary school this year. Yeah. Um, I've I, I talked about the sort of um, upper, middle and uh, first school scenario. Yeah. But they both started year seven, year nine. And on their first day, they were both given, not, and you know, my thoughts on, on printing stuff, they were given yeah. a knowledge organiser, but they were given a pencil case, right, with a pen, pencil, protractor, ruler, yeah. you know, rubber, sharpener, all these different things, right? And it, I, it's brilliant to know that a school recognises not only the catchment, but that, that it's a great leveller as well. Yeah. It means that everyone starts with the same thing. 
Right? Mm. There's no there's no flash extra super duper pencil case or you know yeah. whatever. Everyone gets the same thing, and that's really lovely. And, and mm. I'm, I'm so pleased that the, 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 yeah. the school my children go to have done for the community. Yeah, um, it, it, it's absolutely spot on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, those kinds of of um ones are really lovely as i said with my my daughter's college you know a little higher up you know free transport in and out i mean it made a massive difference you know it'll make a massive difference to to many families you know and it, it's it's just those kind of leveling things that we can you know you could do right now and it, it's it's hard but they're gonna have to be hard decisions made about you know what's the more important you know, is it is it more important to print everything off, or is it more important that every you know kid's got a pencil case? You know, it's like, you know, I think teachers are incredibly adaptable. You know, I think we can be amazingly adaptive when it comes to it, and we're so good at finding all of the shortcuts. You know, and all of the kind of um, that um, the areas. But you know, one of the ones that we might want to talk about as well, you know, is you know, head teachers watch out for staff poverty because you're going to get that as well. You know, yeah. are your staff doing okay? <laughs> you know, there there's plenty of reports at the moment of nurses, and I'm sure there's some teachers out there that are struggling. You know, they're having to use food banks and things like that. So you know, having you know emergency food stashes somewhere. You know that's you know for 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 um for families but also for staff you know if you've got um your know, staff who've who are really struggling to pay those bills it's you know you want your staff to be um to be able to yeah get into work be able to eat you know a full meal and be able to come home you know if they're not on form you've not got much no no i completely agree and again it goes to priorities on 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 how you budget for things you know so one of the things that we used to do um at um, cleveland school when i worked there was to provide you know certain things for free um mm. for staff for commitments you know mm. um so if you were doing an extra duty or if you were doing um uh, and coffee was free for example in the staff room Mm. You know, there, there are loads of things we did to try and support staff as best as possible. But there, there, there's, there's, there's so much need um, mm. and, and the difficulty for schools, obviously, is, is the fact that um, their budgets are being ever increasingly impinged upon um, mm. around their energy costs. It's just, yeah, it, it's, it's not a good state anywhere yeah. whichever way you look at it wherever you look into it no so you know what would be your you know top tips for you know tech let's you know look at it from that angle you know you gave some great ones there you know looking at your reaper graphics bill maybe thinking about going more digital you know um kind of looking at your energy bill your smart light bulbs monitoring that energy a bit more um you know things like um food apps if you've got suggestions for families things like olio or too good to go where it's it's food recycling you know what i mean you, where, you, you're taking all the apps and things i was going to share Kaz. Or tell us more about yeah, olio. so come on <laughs> tell me all about that you, you tell yeah. me about Olio. It's, it's a uh, Olio is really great. Um, too good to go on Olio. Really good. The 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 both two apps that deal with um food waste. So you know, lots of companies and lots of places um uh basically deal in food waste. You can download it, Olio, or Too Good to Go. I'll put up some links and basically be like, you know, if there is in your area, uh, you know, a canteen or a a, a often like a Costa or whatever that is, you know, as not 
um, sold all their food that day and it's going to go to, to waste instead, then you can just go and pick it up. Um, I think Olio has it for very little or too good to go is, is relatively, you know, ridiculously cheap. So it's like, you know, you go up and you pick up like however many, you know, bits of lunches or things that they do that go. I was in, um, I was actually in um, a, a JMU University on friday and the canteen does it so of course when i finished the day i kind of nipped across because they were like oh we're giving them away and it was like 10 million lunches so like my lunches for this week are coming are kind of like in the fridge relatively sorted because they get rid of them on a friday and then you know they'll put out new ones so you know things like that you know does lower that kind of food costs that we've got going on because it is heightening and also it's really good for the environment you know it's less food waste yeah absolutely yeah and then there are other things that ed tech companies can do as well so there's an initiative i mentioned to you last night um a friend who works in social services in south wales she's doing a feed a family this christmas project right mm -hmm. so if you're an ed tech company listening in and you're looking for something that, you know, where you want to try and do a bit of good in the in the community you know mm -hmm. um they're they're, they're they're running a, a hamper thing for um families from deprived areas mm -hmm. um where they're going to give a hamper to, to to families across south wales um mm -hmm. so that they can have a, an actual christmas lunch and, and you know yeah. not have to worry about where it's going to come from so yeah if, you, if you're interested in getting uh, getting involved in that as a project mm. you know edtech companies can help in lots and lots of different ways so yeah sure you can use edtech to um you know reduce your bills in schools and, and uh, reduce photocopying and uh, you know reduce your energy usage manage your power all these different things but you know why not use some of your you know some of your 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 um profits for good you know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure many do. It's, it's, it's great seeing, and, and it's not just about um, recognising um, things around uh, all of that. It's also about you know, reducing carbon footprints and stuff. I, I, mm. I speak, as you know, at EdTech events, mm. and increasingly, you know, the pandemic's really driven home how easy it actually, and, and it's not the same as being there for sure, right? Mm. Um, but, you know, do we need to be travelling around the world you know, leaving a massive carbon footprint to speak mm. at an educational technology event. Surely, you know, there are ways in which we can actually use them as amazing tech. To no, I'm not a particular, yeah, that, I agree. You know? I am not a particular fan. I mean, there's a few events that I'll really make the effort to go to, but nowadays I'm kind of reducing them down, you know, realistically. And and I, I as you know, I'm a, you know, I, I will go to a few events, but majoritively I love going to events full stop. I'm probably going to have two a year. But I think the thing with them is that, you you know, when you see these kind of, you know, the transport, the train costs and everything, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of like it. And also it probably deals as well with the accessibility. It's not always accessible to everybody to be doing events with the, the other side of the country and, and having people to do that, you know, just, you know, having their online version, you know, does make it a lot more accessible for everybody to actually engage in it, you know, and I think we're going to have to, I think the only thing I, you know, really is, you know, I'm prepared to travel for is, you know, to see kids, kids in schools, that's it, you know, kids in schools I'm prepared to travel for, otherwise it's really got to be, you know, a really strong argument to have me down somewhere. I've got some um, some good recent examples as well, and and actually the kids do love someone coming into the classroom as as the experts mm. um, on on Teams or, or uh, Skype or whatever. The, the, the Microsoft um, Skype Classrooms project, for example, is fantastic yeah. for that sort of thing. Um, but I, I was working just um, week before last um, 
and I've, I've, been, I've got an ongoing project with schools in North Wales in Flintshire. Mm. And I met with 50, I was doing a digital strategy day as part of a series of, of um, things working with primary school head teachers. And, you know, it's a four hour drive up to North Wales, four hour drive back. So we're looking at, you know, a good few hundred quid on mm. fuel um, to get up there, plus a hotel, plus, mm. oh, plus, 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 you know. And that's, you know, a, a day of my time in, in mm. terms of my travel. Plus it's a day of their money, uh, mm. you know, the cost of me working with them for a day and things as well. So, yeah, you know, I said, look, I, I could come to North Wales and it would be lovely to be in the same room as you, but let's A, save you some money. Let's reduce our carbon footprints and let's try it. Let's, let's do it. Let's do, 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 let's do this day without me actually being there. Let's, let's join on Teams. And it was brilliant. We could use the, the features of Teams for whiteboarding and, and chatting mm. outside and, and sharing links and all these different things. And, and it saved the, the local authority, you know, five, six hundred pounds, yeah. um, which that, that's, you know, that's Which, to be days. honest, would have gone into, you know, or whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean? it brilliant. would have gone into majoritively petrol costs, you know what I mean, or transport yeah. costs. You know, we're going to have to start being cannier about this, I suspect, you know what I mean, and, and start, you know, thinking very carefully, um, you know, how we how we spend these the, the funds that we've got, because everybody's going to be pulling back. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, what area you work in. At some point, you're going to be pulling back to, to get through this kind of cost of living crisis. So, you know, we've really got to think hard about what our priorities are, which will probably lead on to, you know, you know, what should be the focus of, you know, education's priorities? You know, we said we have seen we've seen a lot of debate recently and I'm all for the you know, let's get back to basics to some extent, you know, let's prioritise on, you know, children, on free school meals, on SND, on CAMS, on some of the some of the things that all of us as teachers know are not working um, and, and, you know, focus on those kinds of things. Um, you know, do you think that that's probably a sensible idea or is it just because it's not not queued up to the argument I, can't, I i i agree across the board that everybody says we've got to change but as a as a techie you know when we're like you know we're going to use ai and social robots i'm a bit like come on already you know what i mean i just really want a free school meal is that that hard it's <laughs> funny right we, we were talking about uh, you're talking about getting back to basics and you, you, you mentioned shortcuts before right yeah um we, we've seen over the decades so many failed implementations with technology oh god yeah <laughs> haven't we just and, and oh god yeah you've only, you only <laughs> yeah. got to mention interactive whiteboards right and i start to oh. uh, hackles go up and and uh you know cringes it's like you know fingers down a blackboard right um but um i saw um cat howard says miss um, mm. um author teacher school leader um on, on twitter asking a question about cpd uh, mm. impact and things um this week and um i responded and um as part of that conversation she said you know what what what's been one of the most impactful bits of cpd you've had in your career and i talked about some work that i did with zoe elder mm. and she's the author of full-on learning uh, dr zoe elder now, amazing um, zoe elder yeah <laughs> right and um she started this idea in the school um, um around marginal gains and yeah. Um, she, she, we, we started off with it being something which looked at and explored marginal learning gains. So mm. rather than seeing a big silver bullet with kids and, and their learning, actually looking at those marginal gains that way and, and, uh, and that sort of thing. Then we turned it on, we, we reflected back onto ourselves 
um, which mm. I thought was really lovely and good. Um, so what marginal, you know, so rather than having three big performance management targets, which is really high stakes, yeah. you know, what actual, what micro targets can you have? And, and mm. you know, all those, when, when we looked at all the different things over the, over the time period, we made, like you saw with Brailsford, bigger impacts in mm. our, uh, in, in our efficacy um, over time. And so um, when it comes to all these things, going back to basics, you know, what I often share with the schools I'm working with is don't try and do something huge. Do mm. things like keyboard shortcuts. Do things like yeah. um, uh, the, the, the small wins that you know are going to win and, and help you get that implementation working correctly. And so I don't think, you know, sure, yeah, let's, let's, let's make sure everyone gets a free school meal, all the rest of it. I think, you know, that's a really laudable aim and things. But what, what mm. maybe we should be looking at, actually, is what marginal gains can we be exploring? What marginal gains can we be achieving? Mm. Because when we then start to aggregate those marginal gains in the different approaches that we're taking, so it could be, you know, um, stopping using Pritt sticks or... Mm. Um, uh, using a power management tool like you know, Netsport DNA, I'll drop that one in there, um, to turn our devices off overnight and power them back on again in the morning. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it, it, in and of itself is not going to transform and change everything. But when you add all these little things, these little tweaks to what you're doing across the board, mm. it, you know, giving children a pencil case, um, allowing them to have a space where they can do their homework after school, where they can have access to a device and in, and infrastructure and a teacher perhaps there who's um, getting paid a bit extra to stay behind and do, and do that bit of support um, after school for an hour or two or whatever, you know, yeah. um, when you put all those things together, that's where you can start to make the, those big differences, I think. I think when you, um, you know, one of the things that always we, you know, we've seen a lot of the initial teacher training transformations, haven't we, recently, you know, everybody's taking an axe to it somewhere. And one of the things that always confused me about that is, you know, and lots of talk of tech, is that we don't have Excel training. You, you, you know, you'd think Excel training would be, all of us use it. You think some it'd be in there somewhere, but you don't get it, you know. It's like, you know, some of those, as you've said, just, you know, keyboard shortcuts, ways to just make your life a little yeah, quicker, little a little things. easier. You know, the little bits of tech, no. I think, sometimes are the more important instead of going for the very, very big, huge aims of tech. You know, just being able to get, you know, um, you know your data centralised in a way that everybody can access and use, you know, via Excel so that it's nice and solid and secure and, and organised across the board. Um, is probably not a bad thing instead of all of you repeating 20 million Excel spreadsheets. You know, I wrote a piece actually for um, for, for Netsports magazine, Rise magazine recently on that, on it educational is. data, saying, can we just really think about how we're doing this? Here's how you do it as a data scientist. And it's probably not as much, in, it's not as much input as you think. And actually, it, you know, you really want to question, you know, are we collecting all of this and using it in this way? Is it just a waste of time? Because every time we, we waste that time, you know, we're wasting money is the truth of it. You know, when it's not being prioritised on what actually improves teaching and learning. You know, it's like I want as less time to be spent on admin as physically possible. I'd rather it be spent with kids, you know, so... You know, that um, just having that moment where you just think to yourself, well, how are we using some of the basics that we use every day? You know, yeah, is, it, is it productive? You know, certain things like I do wonder certain things like, you know, registers, you know, registration software. <laughs> like, 
you know, is this worth it? You know, like I, I've used it in endless schools, you know, every different type of registration software. And it's like, do we use it for, you know, it's great when you've got ones that you can really incorporate your data into and you can do something useful with. But then if you're on top of that using Excel spreadsheets to sort out your data, what's the point? You know, <laughs> you know, aren't, is, you know, could you could you get rid of it? you know, or, and and just do it differently. You know, you're going to have to make some, I think, hard calls regarding tech, you know, because I, I think they are justified at this point, you know, because we have got, you know, um, lots of young people in poverty, you know, question every single penny you are spending right now. Um, because, you know, at the moment, we've just not got the room, we've, you know, um, with the pay increases uh, that are coming out of our own budgets, with the heating, with family struggling, you know, are you really using that registration software or could you just come up with a different way to do registration? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it... part, of, part of the difficulty with registration is that statutory duty thing, isn't it? But, oh. um, <laughs> have you seen ways that are better than that because sometimes i see them and i think is this just a repository for absolutely zero you know if you think about your your mis your management information yeah. system and and we know that um sims is uh is the sort of the, the most, the most used, used. Uh, um others are available isams etc etc right but um it's one of those sort of statutory things, but again, it can be used as a really fantastic hub to support other things. And you were talking mm. um, quite rightly about utilizing what you've got. Now, I'm, I'm a big fan of Excel, right? Mm. I am, you know, give me, give me a pivot table and I'm, 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 a, I'm your friend for life, right? Um, but it, it is often about ensuring that teachers have those tools at their fingertips because again mm. even though you know you and i might be really happy with our h and v lookups and, and yeah. you know, conditional formatting and the rest of it the truth of the matter is most teachers actually aren't but no again if you're if you are using an ecosystem like um teams let's say yeah then you can use the assignments insights so you can see how children are interacting when they've looked at it how often they've looked mm. at them, how frequently what time of the day i love the teams insight you know, i think it was really get, useful yeah, yeah, yeah. It's get, a really you good get one. the information, and, and you'll know this one as well, right? Because informa uh, data is information without. Uh, um, hang on, I'm getting all, all tongue tied here, see, Kaz, right? Uh, information is nothing, uh, it's just data until you give it context. Yeah. And that's what things like insights can do, right? And that's mm. what, it's what Excel can do as well. Mm. But the, uh, and this is, this will be a, um, uh, a, a confession live on air um but i did something with excel and this is before we had you know things with insights and what have you but sims was never live enough for me and so mm. what i would do I would, I would export my xml into a spreadsheet this is when i was a middle leader and uh, i used to use it as a as a tracker and I, and we used to use collaborative excel in my department um, mm. we would um you know update student data on there their progress how they're getting on so forth and so on mm. i had um, uh, mail merges set up so i could email parents and all this sort of stuff but it wasn't live data mm. and so i sent out a whole load of email mail merge emails to parents you know, mm. updating parents on their, their kids progress all this sort of stuff and i sent one out to a family um where the dad had just died right mm. now you know 
this was many, many, many years ago, but in a more litigious society that we live in these days, doing that kind of thing, not using live data. I mean, the parent was lovely, right? And just got into said, I'm really sorry, maybe you didn't know, but, um, you know, yeah. my husband passed away, all this sort of stuff, right? And, you know, within school, I got a proper slap wrist and quite rightly, really. Yeah. Um, because we, sh- we shouldn't be using, let's say, data privacy, GDPR, all the rest of it covers you for these sort of things these days. And, 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 that, and that would never happen. But um, that, that's the difficulty and the problem with doing these things, you know, teachers doing it for themselves sometimes, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, but, but we do have much better access to more powerful tools now. Um, mm. And so, you know, if you are at a secondary school where you have got a, a, a sort of a data manager, and again, it's, it's difficult, as we said earlier, for primaries where you yeah, don't have the HR capacity, right? But if you have got a data manager or if you're in a, in a trust where somebody can actually support with the websites, things like Power BI, which I know you'll be aware of. Oh, Power BI is amazing. And this yeah. is where using the MIS itself isn't really as powerful as you might want it to be. But when you link it through to yeah. your platforms that you have as, as part of your ecosystem within your school can help you to have that much better impact. It can save teachers time. It can, it can provide them information and insights in the moment. Mm. Um, and, and having, I've seen some amazing, a a dashboard, it can be brilliant. I've seen, and so yeah, useful, I've seen, I've seen some, sorry to stop you there, I've seen some amazing teachers do some incredibly, you know, epic dashboard type stuff. I was up in one in Blackpool recently and they linked the the the, the data system instead of just using it as a repository for, a few, you know, a, a register. They put their data in and then linked it out into Power BI and set up their own dashboard and it was just instantaneous tracking of all the school at any moment. You know, nobody was having to repeat themselves continuously to, you know, put together a graph to report on something because it was all there. You know, you didn't have to. You just put the data in. You know, these kinds of wins are good for us because it's, you you know, your head of science, your head of whoever not sat there for hours trying to, you know, do themselves pivot tables if they don't need to. You know, that's a that's a worthwhile investment in time, you know, and especially for somebody if you're in a middle, you know, school. Uh, I mean, if you're in primaries, obviously, you know, being able to track it, but reflecting on the time that we do with that. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think we've probably got a lot of reflection to go on about what we what we use, how we're using it. Are we getting the most out of what we're using? And does it sit in those kind of, you know, back to basics priorities? You know, and if it doesn't, how can we use it better? It's kind of my two cents worth. I'm going to go to the news, Mark. And when we get back, we're just going to aimlessly have a chat about other bits and pieces because I know you've got a confession about not being able to use a a printer, haven't you? I know that you can't use those printers very well. You've you've already you've shared it already. I, I have, but I want to I want to have this discussion right, about how you cannot share that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because me and you are two different teachers like that, aren't we? I'm a the person who comes in and fixes the printer, and you're the person who is like not uh, like is hates it, the printer. To be fair. We're, we're on we're on this already now but to be fair it's not printers printers are me are friends okay no, although I, I don't like to use them unless it's a purpose it's the photocopiers that are my nemesis is that it is that um, you mean the photocopiers that off. <laughs> yeah we'll come back after the news so just gonna let this run Cheers. for you now This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care.
They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.wetherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. Saturday the 29th of October saw a so-called March of the Mummies, according to an ITV News report. Hundreds of people campaigning for improvements in childcare and working conditions for parents took part in marches in Manchester and 11 other cities. The march was organised by campaign group Pregnant Then Screwed, who say that the UK has some of the world's most expensive childcare. The group believes that children in the UK are being born into poverty because parental leave is not well paid enough and a lack of flexible working conditions is forcing parents out of the workforce. A spokesperson for the campaign group said research suggests that employers are desperately trying to find highly skilled people to work whilst hundreds of thousands of women who desperately want to work can't. In response, a government spokesperson said, the government is committed to supporting working parents and helping them participate and progress in their working life. The UK has one of the most generous maternity leave entitlements in the world. They went on to highlight the recent consultation on making the right to request flexible working a day one right for all. More than £7.5 million has been announced for the extension of mental health programmes for schools in Northern Ireland. Education Minister Michelle McKilveen announced funding continuation for the Engage 3 and Healthy Happy Minds projects. Ms McKilveen said that the feedback from school leaders and staff was that both programmes had been invaluable in helping to support pupils across all educational settings. Both schemes were created to help alleviate the impact of the pandemic on children and young people. Durham University students have queued on the streets overnight to secure a home for next year, according to a report from the BBC. Lists were released and hundreds lined up outside of estate agents in the city with one student saying some showed up at his current accommodation for a viewing in a panic for next year. The university said it had anticipated pressure on the private rental market and increases in rent and was giving the issue urgent attention. Durham Students' Union described the city's housing market as broken and claimed that increasing student numbers were putting both welfare and education at risk. First-year undergraduates in the city have guaranteed accommodation, but have to find their own housing after that. The university is encouraging students to contact their college if they are facing difficulties. TES magazine features a story from Scotland as a teaching watchdog raises child protection concerns with the government. 
the General Teaching Council for Scotland says its role protecting children is being adversely affected by police failing to share information. A judge ruled last year that critical evidence should be shared by police. But the GTC for Scotland says the change has been slow to take effect. New figures also show that the GTCS fitness to teach process has also been hit by the pandemic with the average time taken to close a case increasing to 249 days during 2021-22, compared to 113 days the previous year. The GTCS is responsible for investigating and making decisions about Scottish teachers' fitness to teach, and says it relies on agencies sharing information and making referrals. Police Scotland's Assistant Chief Constable responded by saying that child protection is a priority and no child will be put at risk of harm. The GTCS has recently come into criticism for its handling of child protection cases. The full article is available via TES magazine. Professor Alison Beverstock has been awarded with special recognition at the Soldiering On Awards 2022, held in London recently. Professor Beverstock is the founder and director of the charity Reading Force, which promotes shared reading within Force's families. The UK's 130,000 Force's children typically face ongoing challenges such as disrupted education, uncertainty and parental absences. The Reading Force project was designed to promote family connectivity through books, as well as raise higher education aspirations, engagement and transition. The Soldiering On Awards recognise the achievements of those serving in the armed forces, as well as those who support them. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to talk about buying a laptop, a question I get asked all the time. So this is what you need to know if you're considering buying a laptop for yourself or a loved one. First up, it's physical shopping versus online shopping. My only advice on this is consider how much you're saving online. If a device goes wrong and you bought it from a shop, you can take it back. Online support will usually require you having to post the device back, which can be a bit messy. Even if you buy online, it's always good to visit a shop and actually see the device. I use these few tests to help me decide on a laptop. First, what is it for? If it's for gaming, then you need to look if it will run the games you want to play. Or gaming machines will tell you how they perform with popular games. Pick your game and then it will just be a balancing act on how much you're willing to pay. More expensive usually equals better gameplay. Screen size is my next decision. If I'm going to be taking it places then a smaller screen will make it easier to fit in a bag. If you're using it a lot you might want a bigger screen. Next I try the G test. This is incredibly technical. It involves pressing the G on the keyboard and seeing how much the keyboard flexes. This is a good indicator of build quality. More robust designs will flex less. Sometimes this is a factor I use to decide between two models that are equally powered. If you're a bit of a DIY computer geek, then see if you can upgrade the hard drive and the RAM, etc. Some top-end gaming machines have a cheaper model and bar a small amount of graphics speed, simply have more RAM and a bigger hard disk. Next up is the operating system and the life of the device. Pretty much every device will have a point in time where it's not supported anymore and stop upgrading. It won't stop working but you'll no longer be able to keep up to date. Sometimes a device with a shorter upgrade life will look appealing because it's cheaper. However, in the long run, it won't last as long. Will a reconditioned computer suit you better? A second-hand or reconditioned machine will usually be considerably less. After all the other checks, have a look at the keyboard. The spacebar, if not replaced, will give a good indicator of the amount of use the machine has had. With new or old, feel how hot it gets. Some laptops run hotter than others. This could be uncomfortable if it's on your knee. Look where the power socket is. Will it be an obstruction? 
in your favourite chair. If it's leaned on regularly, it can be broken. Finally, don't be dazzled by flashy lights and gimmicks. At first, you notice them. They'll soon be a part of the furniture. There's no such thing as a bad machine nowadays. There are lots of machines purchased, though, which are not fit for purpose. As always, feel free to send your thoughts to at TT Radio 2022. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, we're back. So, um, if you go catch the news there, I'm here with Mark Anderson, ITC Angel, Angel, you know what, I can never say it. I'm just going to struggle with this, Mark, continuously. Mark Anderson. So, Mark Anderson, we're just going to go with that. <laughs> um, and uh, if you've seen there, the Steve Woods was discussing on um, uh, tech talk that he does every time on our news is absolutely brilliant. I love, I love the little tech briefings that he does. Reconditioned. It was really good. Yeah, reconditioned laptops. Um, he, he made the suggestion. Did you do a, a chunk of that during pandemic? I did a fair bit of reconditioning laptops. You know, that's a, another kind of easy um, fix, you know, asking your know, school communities to send in any of their old laptops if you've got any, you know, um, it doesn't actually take too much to do it. You know, it's 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 blanketing out the laptops. There's lots of organisations that you can go to, um, to to do that. One in Sheffield's been doing it um to recondition laptops where you get them and you you basically clear out everything you know you can install something as, as straightforward as linux for free and then you've got a laptop access point um and other things like you know raspberry pis raspberry pis are dirt cheap you know the 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 often you know like 30 pound and it can give you access as well you know having having those alternate devices that are kind of cheap to use and cheap to give out if you, you're struggling with kind of devices themselves i think is an important one and it recycles you know so yet again it's a win-win really isn't it yeah no absolutely and say so I, I rather than sort of your linux side of things i spent more time sort of supporting a, a few schools in in working with their communities to bring old devices in and getting chrome os on them yeah you know you you, you don't need to have the the, the big flashy ram and, and uh, hard disk space about a bang chrome os on and you know bish bash bosh and you've got a chromebook so um Perfect. Yeah, loads of ways we can do that. And actually, doing a shout out for if, if you were listening before the news, uh, we were talking about Power BI and dashboards and, and the ability yeah. to you know um, leverage the data uh, to give your middle and, uh, middle leaders and, and teachers sort of contextual information about your classes and stuff. But um, if you're a Google school, um, check out Google Data Sync. You know, a similar sort of uh, affair to Power BI, where you can pull your, your, your Google data through uh, from classroom and so forth and so on, and help build dashboards for your teachers that way. There, there are loads. Just because we mentioned Microsoft a few times, other platforms are available, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stacks of them. Um, so, you know, but I'd really question that because I seen, I don't know whether you've seen when you were at BET, you know, lots of um, data dashboard type stuff being, you know, um, being pipped and lots of companies doing that. There, there are loads yeah. and loads of accessible ones for free. You don't need to go all out and kind of, you know, um, get yourself a, you know, a full set of suite for that you know things like power bi or google classroom or or even just having a good look at your your system that you've already got if you've got things like sims can come up with you know dashboards or there's ways to kind of do that instead of going oh well we need to you know look at it differently just having those kind of hacks i think makes it a lot you know cheaper and a lot easier and we are going to kind of have to count those pennies so you know photocopier Absolutely. me and you on the photocopier do you just hate this photocopier 
Like, yeah, because you said to me, you were like, you know what? I hate, I hate the photocopier. Like, I hate it. I just can never use it. And it's like, so me and you were at different odds because I'm that photocopier teacher, you know, where it's like, you know, the person that comes in that organizes the copier and puts in the paper and resets it up when it's broken or takes it apart and puts it back together. I'm that one. You know what I mean? Are you the one that's just like, no, I can't be using this. It's doing my head. Well, I like the fact that I can have, and, you, you know what it's like, right? Things aren't working on your PC. You can't get someone to work or whatever. And, and you, you put a call out. Someone comes into your classroom and suddenly, magically, as, as that person walks towards you, it suddenly fixes itself. Yeah. yeah. Right? I, I'm normally that person. So you know, <laughs> if someone's got a problem with their Chromebook or their Windows laptop or their MacBook or their iPad or whatever, it's like, I, it's like I've got this aura where I enter a room. And, and it just fixes. It fixes itself. We need or Mark to I walk around every school. <laughs> <laughs> or I can fix it, right? With the exception of photocopiers. Yeah, they yeah. are, and yeah, we, we don't yeah. get on. I, 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 I can change toner. I can, I can, um, you know, I can put the paper in. All those sorts of things. But ask me to do something double sided. Yeah, it's always, stapled, isn't it? You know, whatever. It's never clear that it's, is how you do the double sided stapled thing bit. Do you know what I mean? And I ended up wasting like a ream before I even realised I'd pressed the wrong blinking button. And then I got to spend even more there. Then you've got to join the back of the queue again because you, oh, mate. So, yeah, me and photocopiers. You know, that's Um, an interesting one, though, when you think about it. That's another one. You know, they they never teach in teacher training, like, how to do the photocopier so you can get it. You know, like, things like, you know, if you are doing worksheets, having, like, two little worksheets on one piece of paper so that you can cut them in the middle and then they fit nicely in a book and it uses less paper. Nobody teaches you that, you know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody's, everybody's, so you end up in the beginning like printing things and you're like, does this need to be that big? And then you're folding it in a book and then you can't see it instantaneously and it's just yeah, like, A5 oh. folded booklets and stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. And I, I'd speak to that Reaper graphics person and you're like, if you've got four pages, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you can turn that into an A5 booklet, don't you? Right? I'm like, can you? And it's like they're, it's like they're like, you know, some sort of photocopying Gandalf. Genius, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? In the back. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah. But what, what's really helpful, I think, is, is how, how I can... And, and being in that situation, I think, is really useful for the work I do now. And I've done it in school, in role and things as well, because I can put myself in the position of the person I'm talking to, because some technicians, some people, and don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not, there's no super generalizations here, right? You know, people who work in education are awesome, right? Mm. And technicians are often the unsung heroes. Oh, of, God, yeah. And we certainly saw it in the pandemic. Absolutely, right? But relationships are absolutely key and the ability to put yourself in the situation of that teacher who's nervous or um, things aren't working quite right for them. And that's why I go back to basics. And we, were talk- we talked about um, going yeah. back to basics and things before, before the break, didn't we, right? Yeah. But that ability to empathise with people. And I always do that. I think, yeah, this is this is their photo. Not like their nemesis. This, this is, is their, their photocopy photocopier. Copier. <laughs> yeah. This is their photocopier. <laughs> Guys, if you're listening in, tell us, please, what your photocopier is. You know what I mean? I'd love to know what's your, you know, tech nemesis that you're absolutely What is your love. tech nemesis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd say that, you know, what is the photocopier of your, your school? I'd love to know. Do you know what I mean? And it is, isn't it? You have to kind of, like, pull yourself back to that. I mean, we should really have, like, you know, half-decent photocopier guidance. You know what I mean? Of, like, how to set things up, especially if you're doing your own photocopying, because, you know, you inevitably, you know, 
get it wrong. The amount of times that you try printing one thing off and then it's not quite right and then you have to go back and do it all over again. And it's just, it can be a pain. Um, I wouldn't say that the the, the photocopied is my, mine's file structures. File structures is the nemesis of my lifetime. Do you know what I mean? Because like, like, like I hate them. Like, because there's never a clear file. And the pedantic auty me is like, can we just have a decent file structure? I can't cope with this. And it's like every time, like I just, it drives me insane. You know, it's like just, you know, label it one through 20 and exactly what's in it. And please tell me what, because the amount of time I spend trying to figure out where this thing was that you said that was there, that isn't there, that now I can't find. Yeah, file structures is definitely my, my photocopier for sure. I just, I can't do it. <laughs> And everybody always seems to know where they're supposed to be, don't they? Oh, well, it's in such and such and such and such and such and such an area. What? That's like 12 different instructions. I don't know where you are. It is difficult. Technology has moved on, though, right? And the thing is, right, I think it goes to what we saw in the pandemic as well, because everyone in the pandemic, well, not everyone, but many, many teachers had their photocopier slash file structure moments during the pandemic. But... Because you were thrown at a deep end and you then had to use it regularly, teachers, mm. you know, show, not only show their resilience and, and their creativity and adaptability, um, but they, they're, 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 they're uh, I've, I've been working on my, my new book for some time now. I, I'm, I'm pleased to say um, it's um, going to be uh, launched at BET. So I'm really yeah, excited nice. um, about, about that. But um, one of its original titles um, was, uh, Are We Nearly There Yet? Right, and it, it was like that with technology, but the pandemic moved teachers forward so so far, mm. right? Um, but um, you talk about your file structure stuff. You talk, I'm, I'm talking about photocopies, bit, but it, it's it's a bit like you know, if, if you don't ride a bike for very often, you know, for very long, you, sure you can, you'll probably better get back on it and ride it a bit, but you won't be anywhere near as confident or happy as doing it as you might have otherwise yeah. been, otherwise have been. And this is why we see, I think, some some of the issues we have with some edtech adoptions, right? So, um, things like learning management systems, you move yeah. into this world, and uh, and and what have you, it's difficult difficult to use because a they're not used frequently enough, and b yeah. they're not they're not set up for success because you know your your the the, the the file structures folder structures go so so deep. Have you ever worked on a document, Kaz, which was called? Yeah. You know, whatever plan version five new yes five point five five new yeah. new 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 new, new dot yeah 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 right. and you know what I, get, I come out in hives every time it's like it's just oh it's just you know do you need to keep every version could you just not put it in a no. folder that says old versions and then just have the new version there it's just like That's oh where that's where nowadays we can leverage the power of things like cloud computing right yeah. so we can use a google doc or a word doc in the cloud it's it's, it's always the live document okay mm. um but again if, if we're not happy or confident you know if we can't if we haven't got the level baseline playing field of, of confidence and competence there with people that are accessing these things and using it then mm. we, we we revert back to what we knew previously and Which so dot yeah. dot dot ten different file names you know there's something to be said for that as well because you know inevitably a you lose your way and do you know 
we talk about you know cognitive loads become a big one hasn't it cog science i love cog science i think it's a great mm. thing but we talk about cognitive load on kids a lot of the time but you know very rarely do we go but what's the cognitive load on teachers that we're creating here because they're having to make a million decisions every day so you know you want to keep that as slick as physically possible so you can use those kind of decisions on the important stuff you know so you know you can be like right well there is only one document that says this you know or we do have a, just a live version that is you know there and you can access it at any point you know and when we talk about things like you know our cyber security you know being able to know that things are secure in different places is important as well for that you know if you've got like 10 million documents all floating around everywhere <laughs> you know what I mean how do you you know how do you know you know which is why file structure is my photocopier you know um i think it's an important one for us to know we want to streamline that situation you know you don't need to keep everything you know and it's the same i guess with the photocopying you ever gone into a classroom you ever got a new classroom and you go in there and there's like a million folders with a million pieces of paper in and you have no idea where any of them came from i've done that a few <laughs> times yeah you turn up and it's like where are all these folders with all these kind of lesson plans and folders and bits of paper in the left right and center and you're like do i need any of this and you end up you know chucking half a bit away and think well why did anybody print it in the first place <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the that's the great thing with technology isn't it right so you can leverage the power of it but if you don't know what it can do and you haven't got a, a that, again that baseline understanding mm. of how to do some of those things then you're not going to be able to make the best of it mm. and it, it goes to i think it, it, it's really salient you mentioned cognitive load because yeah you know how many inset days um, have you been in where you've sat down and, and I've been guilty of being on the receiving end and the delivering end, right? Mm. Um, but, you know, sitting down with 80 teachers and delivering a one size fits all inset for a whole day on making your use of technology amazing, right, wow. is not going to have any impact at all. Teachers might remember one little thing that you shared, but they won't remember all the things you shared by any stretch i i i am notorious for loathing inset i, I mean to be yeah. honest i'm notorious for loathing it for the simple reason that you know and it, it's rare that i'd kind of like you know be the greatest participation in inset when i was when i was a younger teacher an earlier starting teacher yeah i'd do it but you know later on as it got you know further in i was lucky to have a school that recognized before my diagnosis of adhd and autism that insets did not work for caroline do you know what I mean? It's like it just doesn't yeah. work for cats. And it's just because, you know, trying to sit there, you know, from an accessibility point and having, you know, stack loads of information whilst you sit still and intently listen to somebody for, you know, God knows how long trying to take it off, it just does not work. You know, and it's, it's, it's the cognitive overload of it is intense. You know, what, you know, and actually when I tend to do kind of, you know, specialist training with teachers, I don't actually do any of that. I, you know, I go and, you know, one to one, it, you know, in, in, with teachers, I've spent a lot of time over these months, you know, you probably notice I'll go in and I'll run something with kids and then I'll spend some time sat with the teacher or sat with the leader working through it with them, you know, like you would do, you know, um, on a one to one sort of mentorship in set days themselves. You know, do we take in all this info? I don't think we do. I, you know, and I, no. I, and I don't even think actually, you know, 
uh, it, it may be better to spread that time a little shorter, you know, across it, you know what I mean? And let people have the opportunity to, you know, come a 30 minute one. And I think uh, my last school before I was, I was in and out on kind of um, supplying due to the PhD, they spent more time doing it with, um, with with teachers where they come in and do like half an hour or you know and and so many times a term instead of one big inset day you know and like we concentrate on this bit of thing and then over that term we concentrate on that and that i felt worked a lot better than you know desperately trying to cram all the information in you know yeah again it's it's time wasted maybe we should be using it differently and also you know when you go back to basics is the inset what are you trying to achieve with the inset? Sometimes I feel like the themes of them are like, you know, 20 million different things at once. You know, it's like, you know, it might be good to kind of like have a, this is the priority this term, or this is the priority now. And I understand we've all got to do our safeguarding ones and our standardised ones, you know, when we first come back and all the updates of the DFA. But sometimes I think it's just good to focus on, you know, are we all using you know, uh, our reprographics, right? Are we all using our, you know, our data and, and storing it? What do we even think about it? Are we all using certain big areas and just having a good focus on it? And, you know, asking the teachers in your school, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that's why I, I, don't, I, I, I do still get booked for whole days, but what I try to do um, if, if the, the head or the person who's booked me is up for it is looking at the day in a different way. So sure, maybe have a half an hour intro at the start of the day, which is a, um, an inspirational session, sort of showing what is possible, those sorts of things. Yeah. But then building in, like you say, those t those times to go around and work with teams, work with those people who are confident. Um, yeah. One recent project um, saw me spend most of the day um, working with um, their sort of digital leads from each of different departments. Yeah. And then and, and showing them things, but then working with them on plans for how they could cascade that training and on, on repeated twilights across the rest of that academic year. Yeah, because a, a, a plaster at the beginning of the year or whenever the, the inset is, isn't going to get any kind of impact with whatever it is you're trying to focus on. It doesn't have to be edtech. It could be retrieval. It could be, you know, dual coding. It could yeah, be whatever. Anything. Questioning, whatever. Right. So, you know, spend the time. And what I, I, I try and offer schools is, is the opportunity to do follow ups with them as well. Mm. Um, and again, leveraging technology. So don't 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 fly me over or, or drive me over, whatever. But, you know, get me on Google Meet or Teams and we'll talk in a twilight. I'll join people in their start in, in their department meetings and spend time with them there and then. Yeah. Um, I again, mean, it's, it's not going to. The one day isn't it's a, it's a it's not even a, a decent plaster. It's a plaster that's lost its sticky. It's yeah, not yeah. going to have the impact. I mean, the certain tech that you can put in really in schools that may make things a bit more slicker. That's not even within you. You know, a lot of the tech that I like to think about these days is not even within your classrooms or for your teachers. You know, it's your systems, it's your admin, it's your governors. You know, yeah, you know, being able to you know pre-record and auto-transcribe your governors' meetings saves everybody a whole bunch of time you know what i mean and it can get you some really nice priorities and there's some really good add-ins on things like teams for that you know it's not it, there's 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 various bits where you can think about you know how you use tech across the school in its entirety you know and and is that working for you not just you know in your classrooms and how you use it because i think there's a lot of gains to be made i think in the 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 
the admin and the construction of our day, not necessarily in the teaching and learning. You know, but we do we do this all the time. We know we know what makes great learning. You know, we know about you know retrievals. We know direct instruction. We know cock science. We know all these things. We just never apply them to our own teachers. <laughs> like, just we just don't. Right. Why? Because 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 teachers are some sort of like superhumans. You know, yeah. it, we, we we should do under teachers as we do unto our kids. We wouldn't put you know uh, we we don't run we don't run our classrooms like assemblies, do we? So why do we do no. that to teachers? It's just bonkers. Yeah, but but I think it's just forgotten. You know, teachers do need time to practice. You know, they need time to get it right. They need time to build it in. Same as you would do. You know, if you were teaching a kid. But, um, you know, we just we just don't do it like that. No, 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 no. If we want, you know, if you want to be able to know it, you know, and get it right, then I think, it, you know, having that time where you build it in like that, you know, and you use the same kind of methodology for it is not a bad thing because it gives them time to kind of practice those things. But, you know, as we said, you know, today, you know, in this big, long discussion, if you've joined us this afternoon, you've missed the earlier stages of us saying, well, is this the priorities we should have? And, you know, we are facing tough times in schools. You know, so, you know, what would be, you think, you know, your your best advice now to a school who was thinking about what kind of things they should have as priorities right now? You know, as a, as a, as a teacher and a, you know, a digital specialist, what would be your top priorities now if you were in a school? Well, the pandemic is, is out of the way. We, we, we still need to be kind of ready, <laughs> right? Mm. But it, it's a case of, and I can't tell a school what their focus uh, or their focuses or foci should be, okay? But you know your school, you know your context, right? You know how how learning happens. Uh, you, you're you'll be a class practitioner already, um, but think carefully about where technology can have those wins, and then drill down and become and be relentless in focusing on on those areas where things can save teachers time and can help improve learning help improve feedback um you know and and focus on those tools um because when you've got that level playing field and and everyone's working consistently at the same time uh, using the same tools the children are all using the same tools as well and that's something i've seen quite a lot as well Kaz. you know Mm. you you walk from one class into one classroom and they're using kahoot you walk into another classroom and they're using quizlet you walk into another classroom and they're using quizzes you walk into another classroom and they're using something else again something else something else something else something else consistency is so important Mm. not in terms not just in terms of ease of training and supporting colleagues with all those things but also for the children they've got enough to remember remember with their academics without having to remember the sort of subtle nuances yeah. of a hundred different tools and flip that the, the missing ingredient with this is parents yeah spending time sharing with parents and what tools are being used and how they can support their child at home if they are using technology at home to do those things as well Mm-hmm. And also, again, consistency of tools as well. I was talking to a parent recently and they got one system for homework. They got one system for homeschool communication. They got another system for paying for you know, school trips and meals and other things. They got another system for the school newsletter. You know, look at things that unify that make it easy. Look mm. at sing- th- um, tools that have got single sign-on so that mm. there's that people don't have to remember 15,000 passwords. Hmm. And provide, you know, regular, you know, frequently discussed conversations around the things that, you know, around what actually works. 
Mm. So one thing that I advocate for um, um, with the schools I work with is having a standard uh, agenda item meeting, uh, agenda items in meetings uh, where someone shares something that's worked. It's like mm. a, a little bite-sized teach meet within each year, each year department meetings. Not mm. everyone's sharing everything, you know, because that would take the whole meeting up. But one person on rotation, five minutes, what's working, what problems have you faced, how did you overcome it? and share and just keep the conversation going all the time we mm. talked about cog site a few minutes ago right? yeah well, something that I, I regularly go back to is ebbing houses forgetting curve yeah. right and link link back to your stakeholders and your stakeholders are going to be primarily teachers students support staff and parents mm. right provide them with the support they need revisit get them confident, competent, run sessions after school for parents if you want to. I used to get my student digital leaders to run those sessions for parents. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and, and make it just an ongoing conversation. Um, mm. Because the more you revisit it, the happier and more confident you become. And, and then you can build upon that. But yeah, get don't, don't try and do too, too much. Have, have focuses on areas that are gonna have the biggest impact. So things like voice feedback or, mm. um, uh, uh, things like how to use PowerPoint effectively. It, it is the simple things, mm. right? At that meeting I was talking about with the, with the primary head teachers, I, I shared a, a, a keyboard shortcut I've known for years, right? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's such a simple one. It's just pressing B or W when you're running a PowerPoint full screen. And it, it works mm. in Google Slides and Keynotes and all those other ones, right? But if you want children's attention back on you quickly, it runs in a classroom. If you press B, um, mm. it makes the screen go blank. It is blank. Mm. Your PowerPoint presentation. Press W. It makes it go white instead, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, mm. I was talking about takeaways and things from the meeting, and they said lovely things about how to approach their digital strategy and all the rest of it. But one I did said, "You've blown my mind with B and W, right? Yeah. Just simple, simple things." And so, yeah, yeah getting get those 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 things into into the arsenal of the teachers teaching and learning toolkit. Um, yeah. Nice yeah, and, simple. That, and it goes back to that marginal gains we were talking about before, wouldn't it? Cass? Yeah, Where yeah. When, think you, so. when you add them all up, a bigger difference can 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 happen. Yeah, I mean, I'd say the same. You know, go back to your basics now. You know, what I mean, go think about exactly how you're using any of the digital tech in your in your school, but also go back to your basics regarding you know what are the big kind of concerns that you've got because digital tech can help you there. You know, are your kids getting in on time? Are they fed? Are they clothed? You know, have they got, you know, um, the things that they need to succeed in schools? You know, do you have options for your parents and, and your, your, you know, your staff to come and um, um, be able to get, you know, food vouchers or emergency supplies if they need them? You know, are you managing, you know, your food budgets, your energy budgets? You know, as you said, with things like net support, managing to turn off your devices right now. Um, you know, just all those basics, you know, just go back and go, yeah. like, what are we supposed to be doing? You know, uh, what tech have we got in? What tech are we all using? Is it serving the purpose? Let's streamline, you know, streamline it down now because you've kind of, you know, we've got a really challenging period of time, I think, coming up. And I think we're going to need it as, you know, as, as slick as we can physically get it so that everybody can get through these these months um, you know, and if you can, you can make wins on electricity costs through tech, or you can, you know, send out to people things like, you know, too good to go or Olio so they can get, you know, more access to cheaper food, or you can pay for that school bus, you know, or you can work out, you know, exactly when you want to, you know, um, 
have the supplies in your canteens work a little little better for you you know all of those kinds of things i think make a difference right now and there's plenty of tech for those things out there it just requires a bit more thought i suspect and as you said you know back to the basics are you know do you need all of these or should we just concentrate on this you know one sign on one set that we've got because uh i think that that we probably need that i feel like during the pandemic there was lots of loads of tech and everybody got very upskilled but as somebody who's been you know quite um quite into tech for a long long time you know it felt like it was um it was like a, sometimes it was like all of the worst tech it was like <laughs> you know i should have loved teaching online and you know um i, I didn't particularly enjoy it you know what I mean? And it was like, oh, this is the worst version of the way that we could do this ever. You know, it's it's you know, tech is only as good, I guess, as um, as as you you find it and and how you use it within your classroom that makes you know the difference to your kids and to your learning. So you know how how that interaction you you know teachers are best to judge that. You know, is it working for that them ab- in the context? That is absolutely that is absolutely key. I I, I share that but um this idea and. Um, and you've probably heard my good friend and colleague Al Kingsley mention this before as well. But yeah. that um, that idea of the Bananarama principle in the end, what you do is the way that you do it, yeah. and and that's what gets results, right? And and the thing with technology, like I said right at the beginning of the show, Kaz, right? Just because you can mm. do something with the tech doesn't necessarily mean that you should, mm. right? So it's all about how you actually leverage it, um, you know, and, and making those informed choices about what you're going to do and do it consistently. So some, you know. I could have chosen to work with any edtech company, but um, um, you know, I, I chose to work with Net Support for, for for a very good. Yeah, because you got the wonderful Al Kingsley though. He's absolutely ace leader, so it doesn't surprise me actually. You know, um, yeah, the, and... the values uh, it, it it runs through Net Support like a stick you know, like a stick of rock cars, mm. and you see it in our products. You know, so you mentioned about um, you know well being and things. So our products have um, like Net Support School have little well being check in. Things yeah. running in the background it just, you know when you leave a toilet or, or whatever and they're like little, how, how, how did you find how did you find this smiley face bad buttons. face stingy face yeah yeah and we have we have that for well-being built into our products and stuff right and it's just little things like that that when you're using them regularly you t- taking the temperature uh, of how people are feeling and, and you can flip it and use it for learning if you want to mm. um but um yeah having those sort of things in there and and yeah, you know you, you won't find that in every product right mm. and, and it, again it just goes back to the, the the values that run right through it and that's something else that um when, you, when you're looking for products that are out there when you because mm. and you mentioned you know um going to bet and there being loads of yeah um, stacks of them you, 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 you didn't use the snake oil word but there's plenty of snake oil out there when it comes yeah, to technology, there is. right really dig deep because again just because you can you do something with tech doesn't necessarily mean you should do it mm. but again do your research behind it don't you know don't don't be sort of foiled or fooled by the sales patter right get on to twitter ask people who's using it does, does it work do you do yeah, I mean, and then... yeah i'm a, i'm a big supporter because i'm obviously it's just yeah yeah i'm always going to be you know that teacher you know do you dig in 
you know, really ask the hard questions of your tech and make sure that it's working for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You know, you've got to justify every penny on that front. So, you know, if it's working and it's working wonderfully and it does the job, wonderful. But if it's not, you know, really, truly question, you know, where you're getting it and, you know, g get the range, you know, make sure that you can see everything that's out there to make some informed judgments about it, because that's that's an important thing. Talk to people about it. So, you know, picking up tech right now, you know, I'd question, I'd question the use of that right now. I'd, I'd think carefully about what you want to go with and think carefully about what you're spending that budget on um, because obviously there's, there's, there's priorities there to be kind of, you know, going forward and you, you want to be able to get those right. Although that seems like a good point to start rounding up, Mark. So we've got like three minutes to talk about what are you doing at your weekend then? Or what are you doing with the remainder of your Sunday? I normally ask everybody this on the way out. You know, how's your Sunday stacking up? How's anybody else's Sunday stacking up if you want to get in? I think today I'm not. You know, when you kind of like, um, I think I'm on a lazy Sunday today. Like I shouldn't be because like I've got a whole bunch of stuff to do um, with, with, with research code stuff. But, you know, when you're just like, oh, today just isn't going to be that kind of day. I can tell it already. It was like, and I think it's probably clocks, clocks coming back. I'm not quite sure whether that are, that that hour has I've felt that hour or I've not felt that hour. You know what I mean? It's like, how's this work? So I think um, uh, I think I'm probably going to have a lazy one if I'm honest. What about you? Um, well, unfortunately, I'm going to be having a bit of a working Sunday. Uh, so um, I've, I've said I'm going to put so, um, sort of two or three hours into working on my book today. So I'm working on a chapter about feedback today, using technology to support feedback. Uh, so there's, there's stuff in there about um, the, sort of the theory behind what good feedback looks like. You know, so feedback should be just in time, just for me, just what helps me forward on my learning journey, all that sort of stuff. And then uh, unpicking some of the ways in which we can use technology in simple ways. Um, uh, to, to sort of support that happening. Uh, something else, um, I um, it's been half term, so I've had my children this week, um, but I don't have my children with me today. So one you're of going to enjoy um, her son's child day. You're going to be like, yes, I've got no children today after a full week of the kids. So, so I'm going to so I'm going to work. Uh, but basically, they've they've been running me ragged all week. Um, mm. While I have been working, I'm going to. Because you've got really, you've got week. quite little ones, haven't you? Like I've got a teen who really comes out of the the giant, you know, uh, studio kind of bit that she's got in our house. And I, I swear, it's like you know, she's up at the top floor, so it's like you know, when does she emerge from the tower? <laughs> so she's been off this week, and it's like she seems to emerge when she needs food, and you know, that's about it. You know. <laughs> that's that's when it seems either she's out or she's in the tower and she's emerging for food it's like so it gets easier when they're at teenage then they virtually ignore you i've come to the conclusion of mm. well one, the other thing i'm working on i take my children are 11 and 13 so um that they're they're, yeah. they're approaching that teenage age um but yeah. they feel that they're lego so you might have seen me building some lego with them yesterday yeah, yeah. um after after a little trip to a, a fantastic lego um sort of museum slash shop um, down at a place called watch it here in somerset mm -hmm. but um mm -hmm. you mentioned rise magazine uh something yeah. that we do at net supports um, um which, which we release every quarter is the rise magazine um so um, aren't you doing the editing I'm, I'm, of it right now as well the new I'm, not, episode? I'm not editing it i'm the I, i've um 
I'm helping out. Uh, so I'm working on in, in InDesign, actually doing the design work. So I'm taking oh. I've got a few of my own articles in there as well, but I'm helping with that. So uh, the next edition of Rise Magazine is going to be out um, in a few weeks. So I'm um, working on that. It's a lovely, with, uh, interesting piece, Marvel guys. Magazine. If you've not seen it, go have a nose. It's free. Just download it. It's a cracking little magazine that has a whole variety of kind of bits in it. Though. So I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to this one because I know really oh, there's some cracking got articles some in there. Cracking stuff in there this time so you know have a note really 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 good the previous ones it's um netsupportsoftware.com forward slash rise dash magazine uh, for all the previous editions it's completely free um, um articles written it's not full of adverts it's just um great advice it's just a bunch and, of teachers uh, having a kind of chat and you can participate in that so if you you know if you add them up you can just write a you know participate write an article as you feel so i'm gonna as, round as it up goes, I'm just I'm just going to do a shout out. Actually, one of our previous contributors, Alan Suey, is listening in. So, uh, thank you, Alan, for the little shout out on Twitter there as well. Um, uh, primary teacher, uh, computing teacher. Oh, awesome! Um, I, primary I, I, computing teacher, by the way. Absolute yeah, caucus of the I, I content. I know you need to wrap up though, Cass. So I will zip it and uh, let you do the wrapping up. Well, I will. I will. Thank you, Mark, because we could talk for ages on all of these kinds of things. But Isn't what it? I will say is, if you've got any questions for mark or me you can find us on twitter at itc i'm biologist oh, okay just it's challenging <laughs> right ict i'm biologist but just mark yeah. you'll find him on twitter or you can go to me which is much easier at ka1 or hashtag at t, uh, tt radio or at teach top radio over this week you can catch this on catch up and share it around a bit and if you've got kind of questions or things that you kind of want to comment on if you can tell us what your photocopy of demon is you know please let us know uh, and if you've got any feedback or, or things you want to say just at us throughout the next two weeks i will be back in two weeks time as usual you'll see me then so um wishing everybody a, a happy sunday and thank you so much for coming on mark you're very welcome thanks for having me Kat. all great right thank you. thank you catch us all thank soon you. yeah bye bye you've been listening to teachers talk radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org we look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.